The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Tennessee, Virginia, Arizona, and now in New York. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet $10 to get $200 in free bets. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head on over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. And next, we're brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy has has a $100,000 guaranteed contest for the big game this weekend, plus a 100% instant deposit match at ThriveFantasy.com, promo code SGP. And next, we're brought to you by Stable Duel. Stable Duel is horse racing daily fantasy sports app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $15,000 with one entry. Head on over to StableDuel.com to get started today. And finally, we're brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a free-to-play app that allows you to bet on all your favorite NFL player props for a chance to win awesome prizes. Download the app today over at BetterFantasy.com SGPN. And finally, don't forget to download the SGPN app and enter our free Super Bowl props contest for your chance to win $100,000. That's right, $100,000. Download the SGPN app wherever it is you download apps. Finally, ho, Generinos. And welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 114. I'm going to send out to my fellow Canadians who fought last night at UFC Fight Night, Hermanson versus Strickland. Million went two and two, so mediocre effort, which is basically what you get when you come to this podcast, mediocre effort, mediocre results. But the main thing is they, uh, those those Canadians, those Canucks, those hosers, they, they dished out two L's to my uh, co-host here, um, which is the most important thing. Him picking up L's in his ledger so people will finally, listeners finally come around and realize that I'm the brains behind the operation. He may be the, the brawn and the good looks, but I'm the brains behind these things. So thank you for coming to the podcast. I'm working on some uh, new like slogans and catchphrases for our podcast. I think I, I'm going to workshop them on air. Um, I'm thinking like if you're something along these lines, if you're tired of your MMA affiliate aided podcast, um, dropping N bombs and you telling you to take <laughs> it, it, and telling you to take her horse to warmer, then this is the home for you. There's no, I, I swear there's, there will be no racist talk unless all of a sudden hillbilly or hoser are considered racist, in which case I'm, I'm in deep trouble there. Um, but no, no racist talk. We love and hate everyone equally, and um, no pseudoscience, bro science, health advice here. So we will not tell you to take Invermectin, Mactin, or whatever. I don't even know how to say it. So this is a safe space for you. If you're into juvenile humor, you know, toilet humor, dick jokes, um, <laughs> general banter, you know, lighthearted banter back and forth, then this is your this is the home for you. And of course, um, usually winning picks. Or at the very least, mediocre picks. So, um, thank you. You found your home. You found your tribe. And I would be the host, one of the hosts. My name is Jeff Sexy Maxi Fox. Am I sexy? No, I probably not. Am I Mexican? Nope, definitely not Mexican. But yet, my nickname is Sexy Maxi. And 
for longtime listeners of the show, or at least listeners for the past two weeks, they'll know why. My name is S-E-X-I space M-E-X-I space. Um, and thank you for the people who have put through uh, a few people, a couple people have put through uh, ratings and reviews for our podcast. We're having a little internal competition among SGPN podcasts to see who can get the most reviews. Thank you for the people who helped out the MMA Gambling Podcast and gave us a review. It's still time. Uh, make sure you subscribe to our feed, MMA Gambling Podcast feed, and throw up a review like the one uh, one person named Trooper Fan did. Obviously, a fan of the Canadian rock band Trooper, who my friend uh, and co-host has never heard of. So obviously, one of the CDs that he has in his car is not a Trooper CD, but more on that later. Let's, let's bring him into the, into the show here. Um, I was asked just yesterday, actually, um, what my co-host looks like from an unknown um, person. The first word that came out of my mouth was handsome. Can you believe that? I, 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 so. I can complete that. You're not allowed to talk yet. Damn it. He doesn't He doesn't uh, listen well, but he gets by on his uh, good looks, so he can break the rules of the podcast and speak when he's not allowed to speak, and he can make really crappy uh, picks and betting advice or at very least mediocre about any advice, but he thinks he can get by on his um, purple belt in jujitsu and his, his dashing good looks. That would be the one, the only man mountain Gumby, Daniel Breland. So wait, hang on a second. Just Okay, you can talk let's, now. Let's let's reel this back for a quick second. First of all, you're right. Yeah. We're, did, I say anything that, did, I say, did I say anything that, that uh, it's, I know you not being allowed to tell people to take horse to warmer is going to really handicap you. But I'm <laughs> hope, you're, hope you're okay with that rule and you can yeah, move. Yeah, yeah no, I, I have no problem with the, the lack of, of medical advice portion or the uh, the holding back of racial slurs. I, I wasn't yeah. planning on using any of those. So I, I think I should be good with my analysis. But the, here is where I do have a problem is that you you're sitting here oh, telling boy. people that I have mediocre gambling advice for them on picks and and could you just real quickly because i know we're you're you're gonna touch upon the entire card picks which we've told people time and time again is not a good way to win money uh i know you're gonna you're gonna lay on rest on those laurels if you will uh for the majority of the episode so let's get my goodness out of the way to start uh that way the people at the beginning of the episode can hear what they actually want to hear which is a triumphant Gumby performance um, where in our recommended plays here, if I'm not mistaken, not only did we both give you profitable picks for this week, but I'm fairly certain that I beat the snot out of you in those. Am I wrong about that? So first of all, you're okay with being called handsome, but you're not okay with being called mediocre, right? Just so we're clear uh, in the air here. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with the handsome. Uh, the mediocre <laughs> okay, I'm fine with as far as we're talking about the whole card picks. But like if, if you're going to sit there and say that I'm, mediocre and giving you good betting advice that's that's incorrect uh you know categorically incorrect i got the winning i got the winning slips from um from a fan on twitter uh he won thousands and thousands thanks to me last night dan okay not thanks to you but anyhow, i i got i got um, quite a few as well but <laughs> I, by the way it's he, fun i love when fans people love selling us their winners <laughs> yeah, yeah I, do it's it like the, it's, it's like slack the, yeah hit the slack hit the twitter hit, hit everything send me winning betting slips it's like I, I one guy sent me a whole bunch of them one time, and and I, I can't remember your name. If if this is if this is you, feel free to take credit on Twitter next time you you see me or whatever. But he sent me a whole bunch of winning slips, and he goes, "Dude, sorry." And then I was like, "What are you sorry about? Like you won a bunch of money." And he was like, "Oh, I felt like I was rubbing it in or something like that." And I was like, "No, you're not rubbing it in, dude. Like you just you won listening to me. That's cool. I'm I'm glad that's working." But 
Um, if you listen to our recommended plays, which we always suggest you do, they come at the, <laughs> Not that they, again. they also come at the end of the episode. So it's a good idea to listen to us all the way through. Uh, both of us two in one, and if my math is correct, yep. uh, ten per ten or eleven percent return on investment for for you, which is a a pretty nice day. And I want to yep. say, if my math is correct, fifty four percent return on investment for me. Yeah, it looks like that. Yeah. Yeah, he had a very good night with the recommended place. But I've changed my tune. Um, betting on every fight is the way to go now. Right? <laughs> 100 bucks per fight. I won a boatload, a buttload, a buttload of cash last night, and I'm up for the year. So we're, 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 changing, we're changing gears, Dan. We are changing gears. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is like the other time when you <laughs> – I love, I love the way that you kick off every recap episode with a new strategy for how we're going to talk about yeah. – Well, it's uh, like you. The results, because like we we talked about results just straight up the first uh, card of the year, and you had won. <laughs> yeah. And then the second time we talked about, uh, we went to go do results. I had clearly won. I had done better on everything, and you changed it to talking about return on investment. And now you're singing the tune yes. that's literally the opposite of the first 114 episodes of the show. Hey, <laughs> you got a problem? Go host your own show, Dan. All right. <laughs> I do. Two you, of I know you already do, but go go get a third one. Do a grappling only one. That that'll be a money maker. Do that. I, uh, what do you think? I, I'm gonna pass on that. I I think <laughs> okay, it's fine. probably not a market that that hits a lot of people. <laughs> and am I uh, also am I correct in my opener that you do not have any Trooper CDs in your car because you admitted that you have CDs in your car and you don't listen to streaming music. Uh, that, that's correct. I I couldn't even tell you who Trooper is to be honest with you. Uh, all right. All right. Yeah, it's, I, I don't I don't know. <laughs> with you with you being a, a millennial, I'm afraid to ask what kind of CDs you have because I'm I may lose respect for you. So maybe I better just leave it. I have like uh, so I I'm pretty sure of the the CDs that I still have in my car, um, which are in like one of those big CD books. That everybody should wow. own. Wow, that's very old school. Yeah, I have. I'm pretty sure just about every collected Chili Peppers CD, and then that's good. I, I think I still have everything that Coed and Cambria made up until their like sixth CD, uh, and then I think I gave up on them. I have most of Weezer's catalog as well. Uh, yep, those were the good ones. Choice. Those were the ones I was like really big on in high school. Weezer, the Chili Peppers, and Coed and Cambria. <laughs> All right. Two out of three is not bad. I have no problem with Colleen and Cambria. I just don't listen to them. But, yeah, the uh, 11-year-old is fans of the Chili Peppers big time, and he's, he likes Weezer, too. He, nice. He plays – he can play most of it on guitar, too, which is uh, Chili Peppers. He's like, hey, check this out. And he's, all of a sudden he can play, like, a full album worth of Chili Peppers somehow. Like, geez. We we get a bass guitar, and all of a sudden he's playing Fleas parts already. I'm like, how do you know how to play that, man? <laughs> Anyhow, hopefully – someday I'll retire from this podcast, and you know it's because I have a – Musical rock star prodigy uh, paying the bills, so I don't have to, I don't have to uh, slum it with Gumby anymore. <laughs> I don't. I don't think my right? kids will. I don't think my kids will do that. They don't seem too interested in music. I'm. I'm hoping. Uh, I'm hoping good genes get them uh, right. past a D three baseball career. <laughs> oh yes, that's the way to go. Oh, um, that that's it for the CDs. You don't have any. Uh, Oh, I think uh, I, I mean, I've got, I've got various other ones, but it's all chilling around that same There's this Massachusetts guy that I really like. Do you have any of his CDs? I don't, I don't, I don't have any, any folksy cover band CDs. Uh, no, nope. Shucks. Nah, He's not on Spotify either, so he, he <laughs> must have pulled his music from Spotify too over the Joe Rogan thing. 
Please, Anyhow, this is all inside. Don't. This is all inside jokes, guys. Yeah, I, I almost feel bad not cluing the listeners in because no nobody who we're offending is going to hear this. My father-in-law plays music. He's not, he's not very good. In, uh, oh, he's not very good. That's harsh. Neither my oh, wife, my neither my wife nor him nor anybody he knows will listen to this. So, uh, and wow. if they do, well, we're going to find out the harsh way. So, oh my god, I wasn't even going. I felt I wasn't even willing to say his name, and Dan comes right out and says it. I didn't say right his name. Trashes I say his name. You'd have to he like trashed know, him though. You'd have to know a lot about me in order to. You know what you should. You know what you should name this episode in the show notes. What? He is. A, he's a very good. <laughs> he's a very good musician no, is it very good yeah oh, it's very my... good, yes. <laughs> which could yeah, be this could be the perfect segue into finally talking about this fight um yeah and how it. and how shitty sean strickland looked last night <laughs> oh god yes how are you we'll get to this but he wants to quote-unquote murder someone in the cage uh what death by a Hundred million jabs? Like, how, how's he going to kill someone? He didn't even land very many many of those jabs. That was the most annoying part. Also, yeah. like, did you see his tweet afterwards? Yeah. Oh my god! Suits for it. So, well, I hate at, suits too, though. At, at first, no. The the first post from him, though. I, so I I didn't see the the suit thing, but I did see the first post for him was he was like, I don't mean any disrespect to. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then he just said, like, I fought, I don't feel like I even tried last night. I was really bad. I don't know what was going on. And I was like, yeah, no, like, yeah. we all we all felt the same way. It felt like you weren't trying. <laughs> and we'll get into uh, what this means for him in just a bit. Yeah. Because I think Jeff had a segue he wanted to hit. Yeah, I was trying to, but I don't remember what it was now. So <laughs> you've totally uh, screwed up my segue. But um, let me tell you about Winbet. You, we don't need a segue into Winbet. Winbet's awesome. And Sean and who's the other boss's name? Ryan. That's his name, right? They're, they're down in the Winbet studios in Vegas right now recording stuff. So big time. Uh, we love Winbet. We're a Winbet family around here. Uh, and Winbet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and New York. Capital letters. N-E-W space Y-O-R-K. Is that how you spell it? Yes. <laughs> New York. We're bringing the excitement to win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play from boosted same game parlays to live in-game odds in every major sport. WinBet has what you need to win. Don't forget all about the props. that will be available on WinBet for the Super Bowl, which we uh, determined last podcast is similar. It's kind of like a knockoff of the, of the Grey Cup in Canada, right? Yes. It's like a south okay. of the border Grey Cup. Okay, got it. Uh, the best part, you can build your own bet to create a prop-focused same-game parlay for the big game. Be on the lookout for the WinBet Win Hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. During WinBet Win Hour, marquee games of the week will have better odds on WinBet, giving you a larger payout opportunity. So today, to receive a special offer, bet 10 bucks, win 200 Download Bet and Win. Download the WinBet app now or visit WYNNBet.com to start winning. Oh, I got some. For subject to change, terms and conditions at WinBet.com. Must be over 20, must be 21 or over, older and pre- present in the state where play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Let's tell you about Stable Duel also. There are never enough things to gamble on, and the one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. I think it's called the Sport of the Kings or something, or it was. Best part is now there is a way to play the ponies, especially if you're brand new to the sport. Check out Stable Duel, a daily fantasy style app where you can play free and pay games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stable, and play against others to move up the leaderboard. Win as much as $15,000 with one entry. 
which is what Dan commands per episode of this podcast. I shouldn't put that out there, but that is what Dan demands the bosses pay him. Don't know anything about horses? Not to worry. The app gives you clear data on which horses to select to build your best strategy. The app is free to download at StableDoo.com. Multiple games are offered each day with free games weekly at tracks all over the United States. Give them the app, create your account, and start building your stables today. Invite your friends to play against you or play against our stables. You can even follow them in the app. We can compare our own stats. Download now at StableDoo.com and see how many winners you can pick in your stable. See you in the winner's circle of play, race, win over at stable duel all right we already started this is a this is a common thing when we we often crap a lot on the winner of the main event don't we you know i I think it happens well we didn't we didn't crap on on calvin cater no it doesn't always happen an expert performance uh who who is the last one no we definitely didn't crap on francis this not this year this year we've been we've been all on the winners this This year that's true this 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 year we have all three events uh two of them we've been on the winner there you go uh sean strickland minus 225 we hit um he just squeaked out the win, Dan. it was such a close fight that it was a split decision 49 46 47 48 49 46 so he was correct he did not perform well because very clearly Jack Hermans won three rounds last what night. What a right? what a what a wild scorecard! First of all, <laughs> um, you, you might have been able to give Hermans in the first, which I, I think is what the other two judges smartly did. They just gave him the first and nothing else. But like, yeah, yeah, th- there was no way he won any of those other rounds. You know, like, no, he he didn't control the striking in any way, shape, or form. His grappling, you know, didn't actually do anything. You know, he had no effective grappling, barely any effective striking, certainly less than Strickland. Um, So, like, anybody who's, like, you know, again, if you don't know the rules of MMA and how they're actually supposed to judge fights, the the criteria doesn't involve control or, or aggression or anything like that until you get tied in striking and grappling. So, now, what I think is probably the problem with was was it Sal Diamato scorecard? Uh, it was, yes. Yeah, of, of course yes, it was. Um, Adelaide Bird wasn't there, so <laughs> of course it was Sal Diamato no. or Chris or Chris Lee. If you had that that tandem of three judges on a card, Douglas Crosby was there too. Oh yeah, just rotate between those four and just watch every single coin flip. <laughs> but yeah. Um, but yeah, no. So like, I think his problem is like. The only way you could score that fight for Jack Hermanson is if you were like, oh, he controlled where the fight was because he, like, pressed up against Sean Strickland for parts of every round. Uh, but, like, that, God, it is such a stretch to think that Hermanson won more yes. than a round there. It, it was crazy. So, but that being said, you know, like, back to the original point where we were shitting on Sean Strickland, which I think everybody should be more <laughs> of. Sean Strickland didn't look like he, yeah, he, he didn't look like he wanted to win that fight. Like, it, it, don't get me wrong, he did enough to win, but, like, yeah, yeah. It, it's so, it, it's really frustrating, because, first of all, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I don't give two shits if Sean Strickland gets a title shot or not, I'm not, like, a fan of his new, whatever it is, trash talk, or, you know, trash tweet, or whatever the hell he's doing to try to hype himself up, because it's, it's clearly a show to me, um, but, like, whatever he's decided to do here has, like, come on the heels of, like, this middleweight win streak where he's looked phenomenal. He's had crazy pressure. People have been talking about how his pressure might do everything. And then he's built this, like, alter ego that he's, like, throwing out there in the public where he's like, yeah, I just can't 
I, I just love hitting people. So I just move forward no matter what. And all I want to do is punch people. And then like, so you have this narrative built around you that seemingly the UFC is, is lopping up with the being like, this dude could get a title shot. All he had to do was put it on Jack Hermanson. And I know there are two middleweights fighting next week that are higher up in the rankings than he is. But he would 1,000% leapfrog both of them if he went in there and just put it on Jack Hermanson. And instead, he, like, ruined his win streak. Now, granted, not like it's not gone, but it, like, doesn't look as impressive anymore. He ruined that narrative that he is, like, this insane pressure fighter. He ruined the narrative that he's, like, some kind of psycho who just has to punch people at all times. Like, he basically took everything he has worked for, and all he did was keep the win streak going just barely enough that, like, they can't knock him down in the rankings. But, like, he, like he's not getting the next title shot. I'm positive of that fact now because of how he fought last night. No, no, it's true. Yeah, he fights the total opposite of, of uh, what his act is. Um you're not going to kill someone in the octagon, thankfully, but yeah, yeah. jabbing jabbing them up, you're not going to kill them. But his defense on point. His defense is very good. Um, and it's not like he looked bad. He was fine. He just didn't really put it on to try to finish the fight, except for the last, which he put on, tried to put on a show for the last 10 seconds, which was totally just show because um, he, he, had, he had the fight in the bag. But apparently he didn't have the fight in the bag, according to one, one judge. But um, yeah, he... Yeah, impressive, biggest win of his career. He looked, looked fine, like his defense and like I said, everything's fine. He just didn't have that killer instinct, which he pretends that he has. Yeah, and it, I think that's maybe the most frustrating part of it too, because right, like it's it's this narrative that he wants to create, and and I'm very positive. Like I know some people are out there like, no, he's just really a psycho. No, like he's. He's not been a psycho for his entire career. He moved up to middleweight, won a couple of fights with crazy pressure, and now he's like, oh, yeah, it's just because I'm nonstop bloodthirsty. And it's like, clearly that's not true. Um, so he's created this narrative and then did everything in his power to buck it. Um, it's just – I mean, like, he maybe he had doubt in there too or maybe he knew he was winning, but, like, his coach was yelling at him to go the whole time. So – I don't know what mental block he had in there being against Jack Hermanson, but man, it, did that fight not just tell you that like somebody like Israel Adesanya or Robert Whitaker or Jared Cannonier would just eat yep. him for breakfast? Oh yeah. Oh yes. Yes. Totally. 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 Yeah. I thought, no, there's no way he's, he's winning, but yeah, um, no, there's no way he's, he's winning the belt or anything like that, but anyhow, maybe it's learning experience. It's not like, uh, he, he lost a, fight he's still very clearly won the fight regardless of what a paid official said um maybe onwards and upwards man maybe like you said he will he will learn from this and move, move on if you can uh you know put up a, a stinker and still get your hand raised you know that's the that's uh, the best outcome i guess um for putting up a stinker yeah i mean if, if you're gonna suck you might as well suck and win um because exactly. then because then you might not w- learn anything too <laughs> it's true <laughs> All right, so we both hit that one. Um, then I hit a nice, I think this is my biggest underdog of the night in the co-made event. Yes, Nick Maximoff, plus 160. I hit this one. Dan had uh, Puna Soriano to win. Um, Maximoff, another split decision, uh, 28-29, 30-27, 29-28. It's very frustrating when you split decisions. I guess they're understandable, but when the numbers are so far around uh, all over the page. That, that's the frustrating part. So anyhow, um, 
my quick take on this. Maximov is far too one-dimensional to uh, to really get behind. As I know he's young still, but he's way too one-dimensional to uh, to get behind as as a true elite prospect, at least at this point. And the way the sport is nowadays, maybe 20 years ago, uh, you can get by with just being a wrestler. But yeah, that's that's not going to cut it nowadays. I think he lost this fight too. I, I'll well, give you that. Someone I, agreed with you. Yeah, I, I think more than one person should have agreed with me. Like it, it, <laughs> he didn't do he didn't do anything effective. Like like give me one moment in that fight where where Nick Maximoff was being what we would deem in the MMA world effective. Like he l- took somebody down, and I think one time was throwing punches from guard. But apart from that, he was just trying not to get swept to his own back, which he did more than once in every single round. Um, yeah. He got put on his own back and scrambled out and then beat the shit out of on his feet. Like he was not winning any exchange on his feet. Um, the only round I, I gave him was the third. I actually thought I gave Puna the first and the second. Uh, I thought Maximoff probably won the third, but even then like the 15 seconds of striking that Puna threw in the last, you know, the, literally the last 15 seconds of the fight was more than Maximoff did. Like, if, if you gave Puna all three in there, I wouldn't have been surprised. So to see Maximoff win all three on one judge's scorecard, to me, was insane. Yeah, it's... Such your boy, Doug Crosby, gave him a three. Yeah, I know, exactly. He, he's <laughs> never seen... He's never seen a split decision that he doesn't uh, that he doesn't like. Yeah, he um, up another one for me later on. We'll talk about him a little later, too. <laughs> yeah, and that interview that Chuck Mindenhall... Did you read that article Chuck Mindenhall did on him years ago? Like, he's, no. He's an interesting fellow, uh, to say the least. But um, it just shows there's a disconnect still with the actual people judging the sport, that people have different opinions on how what uh, should be scored um, as winning a fight. It's like, it, it's frustrating that the actual people in charge of it can't get on the same page as to what uh, a winning uh, performance in, in the cage looks like. It's not like they were just a little bit uh, different from each other. They were way off. Um, in the top two fights, their opinions were way off from one another. Yeah. It, and it's, you know, like it, it's hard to sit here and say too, like it's really frustrating that they keep fucking these up. But like, the the problem is, is it is the same couple of guys repeatedly, right? Like I, I have two split decisions that I disagree with on this card. We'll talk about the other one in a yep. second. Both of them, Crosby was on the the side I disagree with. Um, you know, like you, you mentioned Sal Diamato. Yep. Sal Diamato's notorious for that. Chris Lee is notorious for that. You know, Adelaide Bird seems like she flips a coin every round. Like, yep. it, it's just one of those things yep. that it, you kind of wish that there was just somebody out there who who looks over this shit. You know what I mean? There's just somebody out there yep. who, who checks in on things and fixes things so that, like, the people who are repeatedly fucking these up do not get to keep fucking them up. And we're still getting Herb Dean in, Herb Dean in the main event, so um, it's almost like they're doing that uh, despite things. It seems like he does more main events than ever now. So, anyhow, um, enough bitching about that. Uh, moving on, Shafkat Rakimov. He did not disappoint. Uh, minus two fifty, hit that, and he looked very good against uh, Carlson Harris. KO, spinning hook, kick, and punches. How can he not look good? Winning by spinning hook, kick, and punches. Four ten into the first round, he's. Way he's like top five in the performance rankings I do on MMA-Manifesto.com. Uh, I know uh, he's not legit a top five fighter at this point, but 
that's how good his first three performances have been over the competition he has fought. But um, yeah, he's he ranked at this point or not? He's fought first of all. He's fought good competition literally since his and first fight them. in the UFC. Like he he finished Cowboy Oliveira in his debut, which is an insane yeah. ask for a guy debuting. But obviously, he's proven himself worthy. I'll tell you this, and I'll be openly honest with it. Going into this fight, I had him ranked in the top 15. I actually had him number 13 before the fight even started. So I I haven't gotten around to updating my rankings again um, for where he's going to move up to in my personal rankings. But for everybody uh, who's like, I can't believe they're not ranking this guy, it's not everybody isn't ranking this guy because it only took two fights for me to put him at number 13 because I've believed in this dude – right away in the UFC. He's shown that, like, he is the real deal. I'll say this, and I'll be real honest. I'm more confident that he's really good than I am confident that that Kamzat Shemaev is really good. And it, that's not a slight mm, on Kamzat. Yeah. Here's the thing. That's Maybe. not a slight on Kamzat. It's just saying that what I've seen out of Kamzat is him wrestle a guy who's known to be wrestle, knock out a guy who's known to get outboxed right right i haven't seen him go toe-to-toe in a wrestling match with somebody like sean brady i haven't seen him get in a striking exchange with carlston harris who has been knocking dudes out like crazy right i haven't seen him yep. go to the ground with michelle Prezerish, uh and not only go to the ground with michelle Prezerish, but like beat the hell out of him there like Shavkat Rachmanov has been more tested in the UFC, despite the fact that the Lee Jingliang fight is, like, a good one. But, like, in terms of what we have seen out of his skills and what we've had to see him overcome and what we've had to see him – I guess not overcome anything, but, like, what we've seen him do to people in realms that they enjoy being in, it is really, really, really telling for Shavkat Rachmanov. So, again, I'm more confident he's legit than I am of Kamzat Shemayev. And as Superfan Jong in the SGPN Slack said, uh, something along the lines of, you can never bet against a guy who has a dead animal on his head for a hat, right? <laughs> yeah, what? Something like I, that. I, I know that that is a, uh, like a traditional Kazakhstan yep. um, hat. Yep. I really do want to know like what animal it's made from, though, because it's pretty badass. It's, uh, I think it could be a Bigfoot or a Yeti of some sort, um, <laughs> some kind of mythical animal. I thought, Yetis were, I thought Yetis were white. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, some kind of mythical animal. Uh, a chupacabra? No, they're they're down south. So I don't know. What, have them on the Top Turtle MMA podcast and ask. I would I would love um, to. Although this, I can't remember. Did I don't think he speaks speak? English. Yeah, I don't think he speaks English. He has a translator. Think, Maybe yeah. he speaks English, but yeah, his guy was. Anyhow, yes. With him. <laughs> um, and you nailed it last podcast when I uh, I was mentioning his grappling. You said how his don't sleep on his striking. Yeah, something along those lines. I believe you said. Which, by the way, there's another fight on here where we lauded somebody's grappling, and I said, don't forget yep. to hit a nice striking prop, and then uh, we'll talk about that later, and I'll brag more about my We things. will. <laughs> we will. All right, so Shavkat got 50 Gs for his um, knockout of the night. Um, so we, we nailed that one. We knew who's going to win. Um, yeah, but you didn't do our quick summaries of the, uh, the co-main event. Dan thinks doesn't think he got it wrong. He thinks he got it right, so he's not going to tell you what he got wrong with that one. Main event, we, despite uh, us complaining about Sean Strickland, that's exactly, we predicted it to go. Um, I expected more pressure, but that's it, yeah. Yeah, but but we said his striking is too good for Hermanson and his grappling is strong enough to keep him off him. That's how it went. So yep. we know what we're talking about here, guys and gals, one and a half gals. All right, that's, um, 
we have a new sponsor I want to tell you about. It's called IP Vanish. Um, weeks like this, Dan wishes he had Gumby Vanish, right, Dan? I don't. I I got no, a fifty percent right. return that's on right. investment. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Okay, let me tell you about IP Vanish before Dan uh, tries to change the facts. Um, did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. Who wants to do that? That's why I use IPv Vanish, or actually IP Vanish is what we'll say. IP Vanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the Internet. IP Vanish helps you safely browse the Internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. And we don't want Dan's info to be uh, sneaked out there, especially your browsing history. Right, Dan? Yeah, people might know I, I still listen to my father-in-law on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> and you and you uh, try to find the most gruesome injuries to put on your phone. Oh, there's a gruesome injury coming up. There's another foreshadowing. Um, all right, I did that part. I said it's that simple. Did I not? I did. You can use IP Vanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed. Your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go anywhere anymore without using IP Vanish. I don't go online, actually, any, anymore or anywhere. IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's just like 89 months for free. IP Vanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. Go to ipvanish.com slash SGP and use promotional code SGP, of course, and claim your 70% savings. That's I-P-V-A-N-I-S-H dot com slash SGP. That's probably the last time we'll hear from them since I butchered their ad read, right? They'll, they won't be coming back for more. I thought you Hopefully sounded good. You, you, okay, you, thank you. Maybe, maybe they will come back for more. But let's see if I do even better on Thrive Fantasy, Thrive Fantasy Talking Points intro as I read that part, which I probably shouldn't read that part out loud, right? Anyhow, come prop up on Thrive Fantasy for the big game. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. With Thrive, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Choose 10 out of the 20 available player props to build your lineup for the Bengals versus the Rams. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit. Get the most props to rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has a $100,000 guaranteed contest for the big game, and, and that is $20. Uh, I did do better. I did worse. Thrive has a $100,000 guaranteed contest for the big game. That is $25 to enter, and first place takes home 20000 bucks. That's a lot of money. Use promo code SGP when you sign up today. You receive 100% instant first deposit match up to 100 bucks. Deposit $10 or more to receive the deposit match, plus two free $100,000 contest entries. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website, www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today, thrivefantasy.com, promo code SGP. Actually, when I butcher the ad reads and when Dan butchers his, his in-laws, you know that this podcast is not edited at all. We're live to your ear, right? That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> That's correct. And the long pauses between, uh, between question and answer shows you that we are live. All right, Brendan Allen next. Light heavyweight. Doesn't look so hot at light heavyweight. Little, um, little soft around the midsection. Didn't look particularly good in this fight, but he ended up winning a submission rear naked choke round two 
210. I don't know. There's probably not much to say here. Brendan Allen probably wanted to get a payday, which he did. Sam Alvey, we surely have seen the end of. We can move on, right? I will will say this. So, first of all, I mean, I've been saying they're probably not going to give him another fight for probably four fights now. So, I'm not going to predict that anymore. And, again, I wouldn't want to predict that with Sam Alvey. He's such, like, a genuinely good dude. Uh, I've always always loved – Talking to him, I think I've interviewed him like four or five times. He's a great guy. Um, you know, he, he's on an eight-flight winless streak at this point, which looks pretty damn bad. But I'll also say this, like, I think he looked better than he has in any of those fights. Um, for, like, the first time, and, and this is, you know, in our breakdown, we said Brendan Allen is just going to win because Alvy can't seem to pull the trigger anymore. Alvy pulled the trigger a lot in this fight. He looked much yep. better in those yep. regards in pulling the trigger. It was... Obviously, the the ability of Brendan Allen to get the grappling going that wound up winning this, but like Alvy did a great job of like throwing those punches that are dangerous and landing a few of them. Uh, I actually, for a little while, uh, because this was half of one of my re- recommended plays, I had it in a parlay with Jelton Almeida. Um, I was like holding my breath a little bit because I was like, "Is Allen gonna get knocked? Out? Is like Allen gonna lose this fight?" Um, because Alvy was like landing some of those shots and, and granted it wasn't that, but like if there's a reason in all of this to give Alvy another fight, it's that it's that he didn't look scared anymore. There you go. Maybe he knew that this was his last stand. You, you got to think that was his last stand, but anyhow, um, I've thought that once or twice already. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Not that I'm looking for anyone, but I'm going to fire someone again coming up. Uh, um, but yeah, uh, Brendan Allen, like I said, no real positive out of that other than he got a payday, I think. Like, that didn't do any good for his stock whatsoever, right? I don't think so. Yeah, he, he got nope. paid. Nope. Nope. Thinking of, speaking of stocks, this man's stock has gone up in my eyes. I'm, I'm a big fan now, Brian Battle. Um, I think Dan is too because he's been on his Top Turtle podcast. He won the the real tough um, whatever season it was finale. Uh, Treshawn Gore beat him 29-28, 29-28, 29-28. Um, I really like Brian Battle and how he fights, and Trisha Gar really, really rubs me the wrong way. That, that guy. Um, so we got we plus we hit Battle plus one twenty eight. So uh, anything you want to add to that, Dan? No, I, I think you made a good point just about like how much better he looks. Because um, I'll be yeah. honest, when I I saw him on the show uh, on the Ultimate Fighter, I was already a fan of his. Like I I liked him as like a human, and I I remember saying when I was watching it to my wife, I was like. I really like Brian Battle. I hope he wins, but I expect Andre Petrovsky just to like beat the living piss out of him, right? Like, because I didn't think he was all yeah. that good. And since then, he is like really. First of all, the the difference in his cardio looks can, out of control. Like he looks really conditioned compared to where he was on the show. Um, and like, man, he he came out landing those leg kicks, which were like not brand new to his game, but like his kicking game really evolved. Um, he looked more elusive on his feet. He looked very physically strong in changing positions and stuff like that. Like, man, he, he just looks like he's putting it all together, which, I mean, granted, I guess, like, that should be expected, right? Like, he's a younger dude. I mean, not not terribly young, but he's a younger dude who hasn't been in the sport. Yeah, all... yeah I mean, he's 27. So, like, not... Yeah. With a with a heavier weight guy, I mean, I guess he's a middleweight. That's still, like, on the earlier end of your career. Um, but he's a, he's a guy who is young and very young in his career. He only turned pro in 2019. So he's only been a pro for not even three years at this point. 
he's really progressing really fast, um, which is impressive as hell. And he's all doing it in a little tiny camp in North Carolina called Hyattson. So, like, good for him, man. Like, he, he's clearly uh, found the right coaching situation for him to, to make huge gains. And, it's man, I, I'm excited to see him fight again. Yep. Definitely. Um, and Christian Gore, when he saw it, what, three or four times professionally, depending on, on your source. Yeah, you shouldn't be talking about multiple titles and multiple weight classes. And then after very clearly losing the first round, uh, act like you're a, the ba- a bad man because you landed one, one punch. Yeah. He, and, he, he, and guys he, like that annoy me. Really annoy me. He immediately had a social media post about how he didn't think he lost to. And it was one oh, of those, of course. It was one of those like, hats off to him I didn't think I lost to him but hats off to him like kind of post where you were like you're trying to act you're trying to do like the humble thing that like you know is like the martial arts way but like you're so into yourself that you can't even do that right (laughs) was he like that on the show since no one watches tough but you I I didn't think he was terribly that way like he he seemed more humble than he has been like on social media since the show yeah, they seem to – maybe it's more of these two guys seem to have a personal uh, personal thing going on, right? It's that's possible. Or they, or they did at the very least. Yeah, it's it's squash now. Brian Battle brought his trophy yeah. back out. <laughs> Anyhow, what do you think? The, yeah, that was funny. That's like uh, wrestlers uh, bringing uh, – when they went up in uh, briefcases or whatever, they bring it to the ring every match. That was funny. Um, what, what do you think his, his ceiling is, Brian Battle? I mean, I, I think it's hard to gauge a ceiling on him right now because, first of all – he's growing really fast and he's only been pro for two and a half years. We don't usually see prospects this young or this green, although on the next ultimate fighter, we're going to see prospects this young and this green. Um, yeah, we'll touch on that in a bit. Yeah. And, and like he, so he could continue to grow big. Now, of course, everybody's always going to ask that question. Can he do so in a tiny camp in North Carolina? Some fighters have done that in their own camp and grown huge. Some that's restricted them a little bit. Yep. Um, it, it's sort of, you know, a, a question mark that you have to ask and all that, but I mean, it's not unreasonable to think he could be a top 10 guy if he continues to make gains yeah. like he's making. It's just like, he's very early in the game. You're probably going to have to see a prospect loss in there somewhere to see some real gain. And, you know, who knows, yeah. uh, you know, how, how sustainable that progression is or what the ceiling is on that. But, um, right now he's doing all the right things for this stage of his career. Yeah, for a grappler, he basically won with striking um, last night. His striking looked good. Um, he showed he could take a punch. Gore has some power. So, yeah, um, all systems go for, for that man. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Good personality, uh, fun to watch. So we will be keeping our eye on him. Maybe we'll, we'll – uh, I think we're going to adopt him as one of our one of the show's favorites, all right? We'll add him to our list of, well, of you, favorites. You, you might want to steal his nickname too, I think, at some point. What's his nickname again? I'm Pooh Bear. Maxie, that really Pooh. fits me like a glove. Oh, yeah, Pooh Bear. Pooh Bear. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, I'll think about it. I will think so, about it, but Sexy Mexi so kind of I can't believe like you want to keep I, – I want to say I can't believe you want to keep Sexy Mexi after the fact that the I know. reason you didn't I win know. the recommended place was because of Sexy yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. It's such a good nickname, though, still. All right, let's finish up the main card. Julian Arosa beat that cheater Steven Peterson uh cheater because he came in at 149 pounds for 145 146 max fight so Rosa got an extra little payday another split decision uh 28 29 29 28 29 28 for E Rosa um pretty fun fight um 
pretty much went the way I expected, you know, um, lots of scrambling and battling, a bloody battle. It won fight of the night. Rosa got the hundred grand. He got Peterson's portion of it because Peterson missed weight, which is nice to see a guy like Arosa. He's had quite a career turnaround. Already was cut by the UFC twice. This is his third time in in the promotion, and now he just made himself an extra hundred grand last night. That's nice to see. Yeah, and again, this is one of those and ones. I lost the pick, which is nice. I, to see. I did lose the pick. It was a huge underdog. Which, by the way, if at the end of yeah. this fight, you can't look at a play on Steven Peterson at plus two forty five and say like. Ah, uh, that was a bad play. Like, no, it was a great play. Like, he literally was one judge thinking one round he lost, dude. He was one round away from. And, and first of all, again, I, I lost because of Doug Crosby. Um, because Doug, <laughs> Doug Crosby scored this fight for Julian Arosa, and I really again think the third round belonged to Peterson for doing damage, and they gave it to Julian Arosa because he hit a takedown and yeah. late there. Um, but like, yeah, with that being said, you know, like, you can't take anything away from Arosa. He fought a guy who missed weight. Um, agreed to take the fight, won some of his purse, put on a fight of the night performance, um, you know, was stung multiple times by Peterson. And sometimes he just responded by hitting him back and knocking him down. Like it was, it was a great fight, deserving a fight of the Spinning night. elbows. And... <laughs> and he's, he's also in one of those guys, actually, I didn't like him very much when he was on the ultimate fighter. I, th- I thought he was kind of a jerk. Um, and yeah. since then, he seems like he's matured quite a bit, and uh, I mean his career is maturing. He's four and one in this stint in the UFC, which is, man, impressive that he's he's turned it around that much. Yeah, I don't see any jerk in him at all. So I'm surprised to hear that. But yeah, um, fun fight. That's because uh, you didn't watch for... the Ultimate Fighter. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, easy pick for for fight of the night, right? And yeah. I predicted it beforehand in the pick'em contest run on uh, MMA Dash Manifesto. I Pick this one. It was pretty uh, pretty easy uh, to see this this happening. Uh, this turned into the fight that it did turn into. Yeah, I, I agree entirely. Yeah, they they both were guys who you didn't expect to see grapple up too much. And Dan missed. I was actually uh, an unknown unknown person told me that Dan uh, takes a bit too many pick bit too many uh, under Vikings. So I have to agree with that. You, you take big <laughs> swings, Dan. I do take big swings, but I was very close to hitting a bunch of big swings, and, uh, I, and yeah. I still won the recommended place. <coughs> he, he did. All right, that, that's the main card. We'll probably go through the prelims a little bit quicker, but first, Prop Swap. We're brought to you by Prop Swap, where America buys and sells sports bets. The only thing more exciting than watching the NFL playoffs is prop swapping. Yes, it's a verb, the NFL playoffs. That's a verb, right? Prop I would allow swapping. it to be, yes. Yes. No, the thing is, like, despite using words for a living, I – have a hard time remembering what's what's a verb, what's a noun, all that stuff. You know. <laughs> I know you're an English major, so I know I can rely on you. I'm an editor too, everyone. Thank you. Um, January was Prosswell's <laughs> biggest month ever as betters from across the country cash in on their Super Bowl futures. Like Jamie from New York, who sold a hundred dollar twenty five to one Bengals Super Bowl ticket for a thousand bucks. The buyer got great odds and Jamie made ten times his money. Prosswap has thousands of buyers across the country, so you always find the best odds and collect the most money for your bets. Hurry and download the free Prosswap app today. PropSwap has fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value, a free activity feed to stay in the know with all the big sales and red hot tickets for sale, loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash and a first deposit cash match. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap will match your deposit up to 500 bucks. Join the real sports bettors on PropSwap where America buys and sells sports bets. So main card, I went, wow, I went perfect the main card. I didn't realize that 6-0 and main card. Holy moly. Dan went, that includes two 
underdogs. And Dan went four and two. Not too shabby at all, Dan. All right, moving on. Prelims. I'm very disappointed in this man. Miles Johns lost via arm triangle choke to the man whose nickname no longer is his because it's mine, John Castaneda. Round three, 138. I am disappointed in Miles Johns, um, but I guess I should be impressed with Castaneda. But I'm more disappointed in Miles Johns, who I thought was like a legit prospect. But now I'm not sure. 3 2 in the UFC. I don't know what to think of him now. Yeah, I, I, I struggled a little bit with, with wondering whether or not this was more a good performance by Castaneda or a bad performance by Miles Johns. Um, and, probably both. And yeah, it's, it's probably a little of both. But now, like, you know, I was like a little bit lower on Castaneda coming into the UFC, um, coming out of Combates. Um, and like he lost to Jose Alde, who I, I don't personally think is very good. He was on the Contender Series and like got the crap beat out of him on the Contender Series. He's actually on that uh, Dana White's looking for a fight that's going to start like an hour after we're recording this. And he's farting Eduardo Dantas. Um, who I think is going to mop the floor with him. But, like, that dude beat Castaneda, and I was like, oh, he's not very good. And then they gave him Nathaniel Wood in his debut, and, I mean, nobody looks good fighting Nathaniel Wood. But since then, he's beaten Eddie Wineland and Miles Johns. So, like, maybe are we just underrating where John Castaneda is and being a little harsh on Johns? Johns also looked maybe, like, a little trigger shy, but uh, ultimately, like, I- I'm not quite sure what to make of this mistake. Yeah. Who-, who are the Velk boys, Dan? I don't know who the Nelk boys. Speaking of Nelk, that fight card I think today, I think it's the Nelk boys. I think it's with an oh, N. Oh, Nelk. See, I don't even have their name right. It is Nelk. You're right. Do you, do you know how to know I, how I know I've properly curated my Twitter to only be stuff that I want to read? Is that like you I don't know who the Nelk boys? Well, are. no. A, I don't know who the Nelk boys are, and B, I like scrolled through and like got like 15 straight posts that were all like, "Who the fuck are the Nelk boys?" <laughs> it's true. And I was like. Oh, good. Everybody here agrees with me, which is exactly what you want on your Twitter account. No varying opinions. It's just like exactly. old, That's why. old crotchety MMA writers being pissed about whoever the Nelk boys are. Yeah. That's why we're in such a loving, caring, understanding society, because we all uh, don't listen to anyone else's opinion. But um, I, don't, I don't need to listen to other people's opinion nope. about the Nelk boys or why You're they wrong. need to sign a UFC fighter tonight. Um, yeah. I Googled them and I still like didn't know. I think they're a YouTube thing. So, so somebody my... somebody explained to me vaguely that they're like it's kind of like Canada's jackass guys. And I was like, oh, oh they're they Canadian. Do, oh, I was like, do they do that? I was like, do they do print? Oh, see, look at this Canada trivia. I should have you were the note. Oh yeah, you should have. That's disappointing. <laughs> um, I think so they're Canadian. Canadian. If they're yeah. not Canadian now, it's gonna be. But like, they were like, oh, do they like punch each other in the nuts? And somebody was like, no, they punch other people in the nuts. And I was like, oh, that seems wrong. Oh, um, yeah, it's less. Yeah. There's Canada's answer to to Johnny Knoxville. So there you go. <laughs> well, no, they can't be that big. It's my I asked my son who are they, and he lives on YouTube. He's like, I don't know. I'm like, well, you always on you always on YouTube. He's like, I only watch uh, people that make good stuff though. I'm like, ah, very good point. Burn, you burn the Nelks. Good job. So, it, uh, back to what we were talking about. What? Uh, why did we get this one wrong, Dan? Uh, we undersold Castaneda and we oversold Johns. Where we thought Johns was better and Castaneda was worse than they actually are. I'm, I'm <laughs> I don't leaning, know what else to say. I'm leaning more that we we botched Castaneda and he, he we might have been selling yeah. short. Like a, a debut loss to Nathaniel Wood, in retrospect, is like a very good loss. And yeah. you know, then he came back and knocked out Eddie yep. Wineland, which isn't easy to do. Yep. All right. So that that's the first one I have to admit that I I missed a pick on. 
because that uh, was a very good night. I had six straight, as I said, in the main card. That was my first miss there, if we're going from top to bottom. All right, featherweights, we both hit this one. Canadian, Hakeem Dawadu, meet, uh, meet. He met and beat uh, Michael Trezano, 30-27, 30-27, Do we have much to say about here? Dawadu looked, his, uh, he's very fun to watch when, when he's putting together his combinations, going to the body, going to the legs, going to the head. Fun, fun kickboxer, minus 175. Onwards and upwards for him, right? Yeah, he's a good fighter. He like it, it looked like yep. they they paired him with somebody who is way down on the list after having a tough time with Mozart Evloev, and he did what he was supposed to do. He yep. bounced back and made himself an, a prospect again. There you go. Um, and maybe they'll give him a step up, and he'll lose, and maybe we'll get a pattern going here, Dan. Lost uh, <laughs> lost man. Uh, middleweights Chidi and Chukwani. Holy moly! He starched the Canadian Mark Andre Barrio. With punches, 16 seconds into the fight, um, we hit this underdog, minus 105. He technically, technically was an underdog in this fight, which was basically a pick and fight. Um, you were much more uh, sure about this pick than I was. Um, so sure you put it into your um, recommended place, which you've been banging on about the whole episode. And, yeah, he, wow, uh, Chidi looked fantastic. Yeah, I, I said in there, too, Marc-Andre Berrio is a guy who relies on eating punches from people and tiring them out. And as yeah. I, I said it very clearly in that last episode, you can't bank on taking a whole bunch of punches from Chidi and Jikawani because he turns lights out no. and he turned lights out. It'll be interesting. I have to say this following this fight. It's going to be really interesting to see what they do with him next because he's not young. He's not young no. in career. You know, he's long a tooth and, and he's not young, like, for his division either. He's 33 years old. So, like, it will be really interesting. Do they now feed him, you know, to a really big-named middleweight? You know, or is this a guy who they're going to try to slow play a little bit and he's going to be too late in his career to, to make a serious run? So uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do next. I'd love to see him in there with somebody like, you know, like Ian Heinish or something like that. Yeah, this is a guy who he headlined a Bellator card. So it's he's um, he's got main event experience in in fairly big uh, shows. So yeah, uh, I don't think they really have to sit on him. Uh, they, they can they can push him fairly quickly. Or, or he won quickly than he won fifty k too. Yeah. Uh, yes, he he won the other bonus fifty uh, k. So that's all the bonuses. Fight night was Zorosa Peterson, performances Rachmanov and Chidi and Chikwani. All the fine last names won. All right, um, so that can, we had – no, it wasn't four straight. We had three straight Canadians fight, and then a fourth one fought, uh, opened the card. Uh, I hit this one. Dan missed another big swing and a miss. Julia Stolyarenko is still uh, – um, has yet to have her hand raised in the UFC. Um, Alexis Davis got her – grappled herself into a win, 29-27, 29 27 30-27. 27, 30, 27. Um, two straight wins for uh, Alligator, excuse me, minus 225. You have anything to say about this one? So that's not so two straight wins. The other person I'm firing. Yeah, it so is. That, that's a, no, no, she lost to Peony Kamzad last. Okay, sorry. sorry. So she's she's two out of her last three. But um, slowly, Ranko, yeah, I'm fine with you okay. firing her. I will say this, though. You know, as somebody, again, <laughs> I, took, I took a bunch of underdogs on this one. Um, you were a little bit more chalky. I had her at, what, plus 185. Those arm bars in that first round had me screaming oh, here at we the go. TV, dude. Like, he, she yeah. had her. She had her so tight on a couple of those and just didn't finish them. So, um, yeah, I I don't hate that I liked that underdog play. Um, I think it was a viable one. But, yeah, ultimately, she definitely lost that decision. Yeah. um, 
Lucky the card started earlier. You didn't wake up your kids with your screaming at your TV. <laughs> yeah, it was a 4, 4 p.m. start should happen all the time. <laughs> yes, it was. Exactly. I'm I'm cool with that. I am cool with that. Um, all right. So the Canadians, that's one of the Canadians that screwed down, which is good to, good to see. Um, okay. The rest of these fights were not on TV up here in Canada. Uh, I just They just started with uh, Jilton Almeida having his hand raised. So I didn't get to see the whole fight. I just got to see the finish. So I'm going to let Dan give more. Oh, we don't really need in-depth stuff on, on the first three fights of the night. But we both hit Jilton Almeida minus 400. How do you look, Dan? Well, first of all, he was also part of my recommended place, which I feel like I mentioned. Uh, parlay with yeah, I'm him. I'm going to get to it. Relax, man. Parlay, parlay with him and uh, Brendan Allen hit. Uh, he looked amazing. Not only... Did he beat Danilo Marquez, but he dragged Danilo Marquez into his own world. Uh, Marquez loves to grapple. Jelton Almeida was like, cool, let's do it. Uh, and just made him look like he was on his first day of BJJ. Um, just absolutely beat the hell out of him. And I will also tell you once again that if you go ahead and listen to me at the end of every pick episode, I usually give you a good prop or two. Uh, Jelton Almeida by TKO, which was my prop that I said you should look into plus 330 uh, catches with some grounded pound here because again he wasn't able to get the sub on Marquez because Marquez is actually pretty damn good at jiu-jitsu but just not good enough to get out from underneath Almeida who man dude this guy is ready for whatever light heavyweight has got for him there you go good to hear um, we both hit that I hit the next one ha 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 Philip Rowe minus 150 TKO'd Jason Witt in the second round 215 um First round went the way you predicted, right? From what I hear, and then Roe exactly. Uh, not not pieced him up in the second. Uh, he pieced him up for five whole seconds in this fight. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Like, it, it was Jason Witt wrestling for seven minutes, and Phil Rowe landing five seconds worth of punches, and Phil Rowe won. Um, and uh, you know, I, I thought he had a better chin. Like people were knocking on about Jason Witt's chin and how his chin was crap because he got knocked out by Matthew Samelisberger in like four seconds or whatever. Um, and then, but I thought he took enough punches from Brian Barberena to like dispel that myth. Like, oh no, he's clearly got a decent chin. He took Bam Bam's punches for 15 whole minutes and won that fight. So I was like, he could probably take a few from Roe and he couldn't, he, he took like two punches from Roe. Like Roe, I think landed two strikes and they ended the fight and it was over. So yeah, I think we both probably, uh, as far as the analysis went right on this, we said Jason Witt I, would wrestle and do a pretty good job, and you said that you thought Philip Rowe would touch him, um, and he touched him. <laughs> wasn't he the guy? He, he was the ten inches of reach guy, wasn't he? Over yeah. uh, Witt, so yeah, he's one of your, yes. your reach. So there you go, reach wins. <laughs> <laughs> my my reach stat came through there. Uh, Okay, tell me what happened in the opener. Uh, Canadian Malcolm Gordon screwed his both oh by God. breaking Denny's Bonner's arm. Dan for sure loved what Bonner's arm looked like. Um, so I don't think it was gruesome. I don't think he broke Denny's Bonner's arm. I know that's the narrative that they went with. Um, that they like he was in an armbar and then his his elbow came clean out later on in the fight. And they were like, oh, that was definitely due to what Malcolm Gordon did before. And Malcolm Gordon, in his post-fight interview, said it's because of what I did before. But I'm not sure yeah. there's a dr- correlation between the two. Like, he went to post on his elbow and it came out. Could there have been yeah. some, like, micro fractures that built up? For sure. You'd probably have to ask an actual doctor. But I think, like, automatically attributing that to Malcolm Gordon and what Malcolm Gordon – Malcolm Gordon also said, like, I thought I broke it earlier. So when we were in this scramble position, I put a little bit more weight on his arm to see if it would break. And it's like, no, Ugh. you – no, 
how you didn't. Like, no, no person Gross. has ever said to themselves, I bet you I put some micro fractures in somebody's elbow, and during this scramble, I'll put more weight there in hopes that those micro fractures turn into a big compound. Like, nobody has ever said that. So, like, I'm fine if a doctor comes to me and is like, yes, the armbar probably did the damage the first time. And if you are one of those people listening to this, hit hit me up on Twitter and tell me I'm wrong. But in the meantime, like, just watching that as a layman and being like, oh, it's definitely because of what Malcolm Gordon did before and not just, like, one of the freak injuries we see in the octagon, I, I don't buy that for a second. I think it was a freak injury. I think Dennis Bondar uh, put his arm down the wrong way, and it clearly dislocated um, in a very disgusting and entertaining way. Um, and it's just too bad. Because, yeah, it's too bad because, like, this is a guy who tried to, like, was booked for his UFC debut three different times and had to pull out with injuries right. all those times. And now we get to see him in the UFC, and he's good and was doing fairly well. Like, his wrestling looked good, and he was chaining things together. And, yeah, he got kind of caught in that arm bar, but he got out of it. And then we see another freak injury. So that's just disappointing to me because, you know, that injury, who knows what he did to ligament damage. We probably won't see him for a long time again. So... Um, I don't think it does much for Gordon's stock, and it's disappointing to see Bondar go away for that long. Yes, indeed. Um, but you were getting very – you were really towing the line there of giving up medical advice, advice Dan, and I said <laughs> we're not doctors on this podcast. We don't do that. So. We don't do that. <laughs> we don't do that here. All right. So I went 11-2 last night. That I need, I need to be giving some props for that. Up 520 bucks on the night. Pretty good, right, Dan? That's decent, yeah. That's, that's ahead Dan, of what we – that's more than what we promise. Exactly. Dan went 7-6, which is what we promise, uh, down 185 bucks. So for the year, I am hitting 65%, but I'm only up 48 bucks because um, betting on every fight, like I said. I joke that that's a new strategy, but it's really not. Uh, Dan, even though the betting slips people send us, it looks like people are betting on every fight. But anyhow, <laughs> Dan is at 53%, which is right around his mediocre level he's always at. And he's down 600 bucks almost. Good job, Dan. Good job. Recommended plays, which Dan has been banging on about. Dan went two, we both went two and one. Dan had Enchikwani to win outright, forty bucks at minus one hundred five. He had Alan Almeida um, prop minus one, partly excuse me, minus one seventy five. He had fifty bucks on that. Then he lost ten bucks on Peterson, so he ended up winning fifty six sixty seven. I was two and one. I had uh, forty bucks on Allen winning outright at minus four hundred. Uh, thirty bucks on Battle winning at plus one twenty eight, and then I lost thirty on. Miles Johns. Um, so I was up 1840. So for the year recommended place, I'm hitting 63%, up about 50 bucks, 18% return on investment. Dan, 67%, 88 bucks, up 29% return on investment. So not too shabby. So if you listen to our recommended place, despite the fact that we uh, seemingly lose money on the full card breakdowns, uh, we're, we actually know what we're doing. <laughs> That's you're not going to get that return on investment anywhere else, right, Dan? You can't invest. You can get eighteen percent or twenty nine percent. That's for damn sure. Mine's mine's twenty nine percent. Is that what you said? Yes, twenty nine percent. That's phenomenal. Like a thirty percent return on investment. Yeah, it, I, it is. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to keep that going. I was last, gonna say. I wonder if night, you can keep 50, it up. Last night was fifty six percent return on investment, which is uh, that's a good night. Yes, it is a good night. All right. Um, 
so we'll, we'll put that to bed. Let me tell you about the last couple of sponsors, then we will uh, get ready to put this thing to bed. Better Fantasy, the fantasy season, season may be over, but the action is still coming on the Better Fantasy app. Download the free-to-play app today to bet on player props for the NFL playoffs. You can also enter their player props pools and score big when you win. We love Better Fantasy because we can win awesome prizes and even raise some money for charity along the way, too. It's totally free to play. You learn better credits by completing challenges and using them to place your bets. Better Fantasy is available worldwide in all 50 states. Download the app today over at betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. That's B-E-T-T-O-R fantasy.com slash SGPN. And speaking of SGPN, the Mighty Mighty SGPN app is available in the App Store and Google Play. It gives you easy access to all our picks, all our podcasts. Uh, if you can toss an app review, download the app today. It would be appreciated. All right, so can Dan keep it? Going, moving forward, next week we got, or depending on when you listen to this, this week, um, Saturday, UFC 271, Adesanya versus Whitaker 2 from the Toyota Center in Houston, Texas, which is becoming one of their one of their homes away from homes. So we got that main event. We got Derek Lewis versus Ty Tuivasa in the co-main event, which is a fun one. We don't really want to see the other guy lose that, though, do we, Dan? Aren't we fans of both? I am fans of both. I, I and It's weird, too, because usually I'm like, I just, when I'm fans of both guys, I just root for the guy who hasn't had his shots at the title, which I kind of feel like I'm doing now. Like, I kind of hope Ty Tuivasa wins. But Derek Lewis yeah. feels like a different Derek Lewis now than the one who's lost twice for the title. Um, yep. But, but like, man, do you really want to see a guy go 0-3 in title shots? Uh, yeah. I don't know that I do, but he's seemingly knocking on that door. Um, but that fight has title shot implications built into it. And I know yeah. it's crazy in 2022 to be talking about Tai Tuivasa title shots. But, man, if he went out there and did something to Derek Lewis, like you'd have to put him in a short conversation for the interim title that is inevitably coming sometime this summer. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a muddied, uh, muddied, to say the least, uh, title picture in uh, in heavyweight. Um because we've got Nganu, the current champ, could be on the shelf forever. John Jones, who knows if he's going to fight. Steepy Miocic is kind of MIA. Who knows when he's going to fight. Cyril Gain uh, just won the interim title fight and then lost the real fight. So you think maybe he has to take a step back. So, yeah, it's really – I'd say it's wide open, plus it's also um, muddied up. It's kind of both, uh, both ends. It could be wide open. It also could be um, restrictive. So who knows? We'll have to just see how, how it plays out. So – we could have a number one contender fight there. We have a title fight at the top. Uh, the next fight could be a number one contender fight. Also, we got middleweight Jerry Cannonier versus Derek Brunson. You think the winner of this goes after the champ? As long as, they, as long as they look better than Sean Strickland. Yep. <laughs> um, and, and I would yep. say this, too. Like, for me, that's a number one contender's fight as long as Robert Whitaker does not upset Israel. I decided in the main event. If they if that upset happens, right. the, the trilogy happens. Four to three. Yep. yep. Um. If not, yep. Yep. I think the winner of Cannoneer Brunson because uh, Brunson is a guy who it would be a rematch with Idesanya, which sucks, right? Like we don't love rematches or anything like that. But you know, Cannoneer is one of the few guys in the middleweight division who's a fresh name for Idesanya, so like that makes sense. Um. I I just think whoever wins has to look good, and then yes, you're right. That that's what it would do. Yep. Then we got Kyler Phillips versus Marcelo Rojo, Bobby Green versus Nazareth Hakpress. Um, that rounds out the main card. Andre Arlovsky versus Jerry Vandera um, would be the headline of the prelims. Roxanne Martaferi in her farewell fight against King Casey O'Neill. 
Alex Perez versus Matt Schnell, William Knight versus Maxim Grishin. So very, very good um, fight card. And then we got, what, one, two, three. We got six currently uh, early prelims too. So pretty good fight card, I would say. Yeah, Correct? It's, a, it's a deep one. Um, it, it's like a fun yep. mix too of like young prospecty type names that will be like fun to watch and uh you know like brand new guys to the UFC and then also like Roxanne Modafari's retirement fight is very legit and then dudes who are at the top of their division like Alex Perez match now is like a flyweight fight where both guys could be like a couple fights away from being in the title picture I mean Alex Perez fought for it recently um so like you know, there, there's all kinds of different stuff on this card, and it's it's huge. There's so many fights because, uh, like you said, six early yes. prelims, uh, four on the other prelim card. So it's a 15 fight yeah, card. Yeah, 15. Yeah. Yep, they are covering their butts in case uh, things fall apart, um, as they tend to do in this sport, especially in, in times we are still living in. Um, only other really thing of note is the announced Ultimate Fighter is starting up in it's May, correct? Season, I think uh, so. So they're, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they are recording as we speak. Um, they had okay. try, they had tryouts, and pretty much like the minute after they had tryouts, they just like shoved the 16 people into the house. Um, Get in that house. The report I said was, uh, I saw it said recording in February. I believe the finale okay. will be. I, I think you're right. I, I think it takes them what. 13 weeks to record, so it, it, they probably start uh, airing the minute they're out of the house, which will be sometime in May. Wouldn't they just save time, just invite you to watch it, and then they don't have to worry about airing it? Because who else is going to watch it, right? <laughs> I mean, I, I'd go into the house and, and see what that's like. <laughs> I'd want to leave at some point because oh, sure. it, it doesn't seem like that much fun 24-7. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's uh, Dr. Amanda Nunes, the new champ, who has um, – she, she has um, lots of... You mean Dr. Um, Juliana Pena? Oh, excuse me. Dr. Juliana Pena. You're yeah. disparaging uh, the wrong fighter. Who, the I am. Uh, uh, versus, uh, to figure out her age. <laughs> exactly. Versus uh, Amanda Nunez. They are the coaches and they will be having the rematch after this season. Um, just quickly, uh, heavyweight and what's the women's? I forgot the women. Is it Flyweight. One, 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 flyweight? flyweight okay. 125s. Yep. All right. Anyone... Uh, anyone jump off the page any of the participants you're like oh i I can't wait to see that guy or gal fight um there's a couple of like interesting heavyweight ones but most of them are kind of like slow strikers and big heavy wrestlers um which is interesting the the, the only one who i'm i'm really intrigued with as far as like his boxing abilities is mitchell stipe or sipe i believe you say his name is um he's like a 25 year old dude who's like kind of fast and comes out and throws bombs so it'd be interesting to see if he can like handle all of the like juco wrestlers and shit that are on uh i think actually one was an all-american chandler cole i think was an all-american so there's like a whole bunch of like good wrestler types uh for heavyweight which tend to be what does well in the ultimate fighter house anyway so um that'll be interesting there is one light heavyweight who snuck in there um who i'm really high on as a prospect but i think being a light heavyweight with like a bunch of legit heavyweights kind of sucks for him that's uh zach Pauga. Um, so like there's, there's a bunch of kind of interesting heavyweights who I think could progress and be better. The, the flyweight division is really, really green, um, for the, the women. There's a lot of very, I don't want to say they're underwhelming. They're just like, 
new-ish. Um, you know, like, if, if you've got five fights, you're in the minority in the women's flyweight division. Like, there's there's more women who are brand new and, like, two and one than, than not. So that's going to be really interesting. I will say uh, the Invicta card we broke down recently with Helen Peralta on it. Um, we talked about yeah. Helen Peralta being a big heavy puncher. She, uh, apparently, her big heavy punched her way into the Ultimate Fighter House with that win. I'm also really interested cool. in um, the the only other name I'll throw out there is Brogan Walker. She sometimes goes as Brogan Walker Sanchez, too. Um, right. I've seen her fight a ton. She's an Invicta fighter. She beat Miranda Maverick. She beat Miranda Maverick um, by decision uh, oh, yeah. a few years. Yeah, ago. I, so, I know the name. I know the name. Yeah, so like if you beat Miranda Maverick, it's interesting. And then she fought Pearl Gonzalez and Aaron Blanchfield. She didn't beat either of those two, um, but like she's got way more experience than everybody in the house put together. So uh, yeah, she's like she's kind of who I got my eye on for the women. Is there anyone like that on the uh, men's side equivalent? Anyone who's fought in any big promotions at all? Um, I mean, like no, Kamar or Castos or anything. Kamar Usman's brother, Mohammed, fought oh, right. in yeah. PFL. Yeah. Um, so like he's yeah. a name you've heard before. Um, there's some like Cage Warrior guys. Um, if I'm not mistaken, was it is it Jordan Hinderman who I saw fight on? Cage Warriors? No, it was Eduardo Perez. Not, I can't remember. I've definitely seen one of them fight on Cage Warriors, and I remembered looking back to see in the record. Um, also, you've seen you you know one of these fighters. Did you know that you've seen one of these fighters mm, fight? Did I Ultimate Fight? I mean, um, Dana White's Contender Series. Nope. Um, no. Although one, although the the aforementioned Mitchell Sipe did fight on cont- Contender Series against uh, okay. Dante Mays and lost. Um, do you know the name? Do you know the name Bobby Maximus? Yes, I do actually remember that name. So you, why do he, I remember he, it though? He actually did not go by Bobby Maximus when you. I was hoping you would say I don't know Bobby Maximus because mm-hmm. uh, uh, no, I, I recognize the name. But so he, so Bobby Maximus was not the name he went by. He previously went by a different name. Um, so how how many how many seasons of the Ultimate Fighter did you ever watch? Oh no idea, no idea. Did Did you watch the early? Did you watch the early ones? Uh, probably yes, I, like I remember. But yes, I think so. So there was a Canadian in, in season two named oh, Rob geez. named Rob McDonald. Uh, that's lost, who Maximus is. That's his. Yeah, he's now changed his name. He fought three times in the UFC. He lost to Jason Lambert at no UFC way. 58. He beat Christian Rothermail at UFC Fight Night Five. And then he lost to Eric Red Schaefer at UFC 62. Um, and then he fought three times outside of the UFC, and the last time he fought was 2009. Um, so he's a, wow. tough, he's a tough two cast off who hasn't fought in 13 years and is 43 years old. Uh, he's now like a fitness model and is returned to fighting to get a spot on, on Tough 30. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm Does so, UFC realize this? I, I think they do, and I think they're going <laughs> to run with that storyline. But to me, it's so interesting because, like, he hasn't fought in 13 years. How do you game plan for a guy who's had 13 years off? No kidding, eh? Wow. Well, that is interesting, then. Hmm. I, still, I probably still won't watch it, but it's, it's He's interesting. He's Canadian, though. He's Canadian. I know. That's true. So his parents didn't name him Maximus? That's not his uh, given last name? Hmm. No, it's uh, Mick, Mick, Rob McDonald. McDonald, yep. 
Well, I hear dogs crying down. I think they have, they finally want me to take them for a walk. So maybe we should put this one to bed. Stop talking about people with their pseudonyms and whatnot. You're the one um, who brought up the Ultimate Fighter. <laughs> that's true. Once he started, he won't stop the Ultimate Fighter talk. All right, we'll be back on. How about we come back Wednesday? And how about we break down the fight we just told you about UFC 271? Uh, in the meantime, Twitter, Jeff Fox, writer, thank you for getting me over a thousand people. I finally made it over a thousand. Hopefully, no one. No one uh, drops off, or I'll be heartbroken to see me dip back under. Um, he is Gumby Vreeland. He's cruising into 3,000 range, I think, Dan. Impressive. A lot of people have a lot of spare time on their hands, apparently. Um, read our stuff. MMA. Uh, what's the name of our website? Sportsgamblingpodcast.com. That's the name of our website. Um, listen to the rest of the podcast on the network. Give us a review, if you could, on Apple. It would help us get win bragging rights amongst the rest of the SGPN uh, pools. Uh, pods actually see here's the end of the podcast where jeff stops saying words properly so dan's going to take us home go ahead i'm dana gonna be freeland he is pooh bear jeff fox we will catch you you on (laughs) we'll catch you on wednesday